Welcome everyone to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I'm your host, Antonio Garza. And oh boy, we had a packed, packed show today. Uh, it's so packed that I'm actually not going to be able to cover a lot. <laughs> or I'm going to cover it like kind of fast, maybe. Uh, because I watched a lot of wrestling this weekend. Um, and we have a lot of shows coming up this week. <laughs> and the weekend and that includes also impact which we always talk about and so i mean without further ado i guess let's get to it well we are gonna go as usual to japan in the big show that i finally finally was able to watch after uh you know like days and days that stardom took to upload their nippon budokan great eve festival show to the stardom world I finally was able to watch it uh, during the weekend. Um, and I have to say, I thought it was a great, great show. I Like nothing incredible or super outstanding. No, nothing that you need to call your mom about. But it was a top to bottom, like pretty good show. There's a lot of things happening. Um, a lot of things that have me kind of like, like I understand them, but uh it's i guess I, I mean we can talk about it when i get there but it's similar to how impact builds their big shows with a lot of like mid small shows in between and i think um stardom is doing something similar to that which feels kind of weird but at the same time uh is delivering so much good wrestling as of late and so I guess let's start from the beginning. This is Stardom Nippon Budokan Great Eve Festival from January the 30th. Um, this, man, I, I have to, to say the name of the venue <laughs> and I need to practice. I it's Bel Sale Takada no Dababa. Takada no Baba. So you got that? Takada no Baba. Uh, this is in Tokyo, Japan, and I do believe this is the first time that this venue has held, um, I don't know if wrestling altogether, but for sure this is the first stardom show there. Uh, but it may also be like the first straight up wrestling show there uh, because there were several promos throughout the night mentioning uh, how, like the, the meaning of, of this show in the, this venue. But anyway, the show started with Gokigen Death, Natsuko Tora, and Lady C with Gokigen Death getting the win over Lady C. This was the weakest show of the match, uh, the weakest match of the show. <laughs> um, and I mean, granted, it is Gokigen Death that is a comedy act. We have Natsuko Tora, who is a serious act, but it's not like she's not the best wrestler. And Lady C, who is like still, she may be like still under 20 matches or 10 matches in her career or i mean with stardom she is the newest member of the of the roster and so you can't really expect much uh, i think the 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 big thing to do here was uh it was either natsuko Tora's birthday that day or the day before but so goki and dev kind of brought it up and that kind of like annoyed tora so tora beat them up for a while and then at the end um 
Dev got a an O'Connor roll on Lady C for the win after she used like she pretty much used Lady C as a weapon to take out Dora. And that was it. Like a nothing match, nothing to be seen here. Um it's your opener, you know, to, to get especially to get Natsuko Tora in the show because she is seen as like a not necessarily a good wrestler or a great wrestler, but she is one of the big personalities as the quote unquote leader of Oedotai. Uh, second match was Queen's Quest, Asumi Sayakamitani and Utami Hayashita versus Stars, the team of Ruaka, Sayaida, and Starlight Kid. Uh, this was this was fun. I was kind of hoping to see, you know, the interaction between Kamitani and Hayashishita. And they actually ended up just having like a really good tag match. They worked perfectly in sync. It was even Hayashishita who set up um, the finish, which was Raka, for Kamitami to finish, you know, with a missile dropkick. So, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel that we're not that far away from the Bulacan show in Stardom. So, I was kind of expecting to see not necessarily the Ascension, but maybe like a race to like show who gets the win or stuff like that. But no, uh, nothing of that happened. And for that matter, at the end of the show and seeing this show, I was surprised that they didn't give the win to Asumi uh, because that's going to come into play. But I mean, Kamitami got the win and it was the right thing to do uh, at this point, I thought, uh, because if she's a challenger, so she's the one that should be getting wins. Um, and on the other side, uh, you know, Sayaida looked fantastic. Sadaka looked great. Uh, Raka is arguably incredibly green, but she she looked good. She had she's showing a lot of uh, energy. Um, so she, she reminded me of like Daichi Hashimoto or Joshihashi in the sense that they scream a lot. They don't do much, but they scream a lot just to show energy. Um, but that was it. I, I personally love the stuff that Asumi and, and Ida did. Mm, but I mean, that's not a surprise. Next up, we had Mayu Iwatani versus Saki Kashima. And hmm, this was, I don't know, like it was somewhat underwhelming. Not, I mean, Iwatani is fantastic. Kashima, I personally like Saki Kashima a lot. Um, she doesn't do much nowadays. Uh, she hasn't really been given a big shot in a while. But I really, really like her. I, I love her look. Um, and I mean, when it came to look, she, she came out with her former like uh, look here. She wasn't wearing the Oedotai gear. But the match was, you know, it was just okay. Um, this is another match that kind of suffered from knowing that Iwatani was just going to win. I mean, Iwatani is headed for, for a match against Yoshiko, so she's not going to be losing. And at the same time, like, we know that nothing's going to be building through this match because Iwatani cannot really do anything unless Yoshiko's there, unless she gets a promo and there's really not many promos being cut like that uh, like after the match and so it was just like seeing that the the match, it, it, it gave me the impression that they were celebrating you know, like the 10th anniversary stuff, having them wrestled and and that was it really um, I, I gave this match about like a 2.75 uh closing in on three but not really so it was okay um you know that was passable 
but that's when the show kind of turned around the the next three matches were in my opinion like really good really fun the first one being Donna del Mundo, the team of Julia and Micah versus the Cosmic Angels, the team of Tam Nakano and Unagi Sayaka. And this was my favorite match of the night. Um, every woman out there was just doing their part perfectly. Um, Julia was just a vicious asshole, a vicious motherfucker, just trying to destroy Sayaka. And, and for that matter, Unagi Sayaka was an amazing baby face in pearl she like she, her selling is just fantastic um she like ever since she started her seven match trial she she's becoming like a really good underdog baby face that you just know that she's eventually going to become like a great great underdog baby face and eventually, if she keeps going, like she's gonna just, just, just gonna straight up be a great baby face. She, she reminds me a lot of Mayu Watani, like yeah, maybe like ten years ago. Um, yeah, like I, I see a similar energy, just like that baby face that you just want to like cheer for. And I mean, obviously, she's, she's pretty and gorgeous, so we know Stardom is going to push her because of that alone. So I. It was just fantastic, like just them do. Uh, but then you also have like Micah, and every time I saw Micah and Sayaka wrestle together, I just felt like, oh man, I'm, I'm watching the future of stardom here. Uh, because Micah reminds me of first year Utami Hayashishita. Um, Hayashishita before she became like what she is right now with the long hair and like all the 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 robes and the masks and everything she was just a straight up you know simple gear short hair red short hair ass kicker and she was collecting titles like crazy and she was just i mean she's still an amazing wrestler but she now feels more like a superstar than like just you know your 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 wrestler that goes town to town collecting titles and and that's something that i'm getting right now with micah like she's like so fun to watch she just looks like a badass like uh, you know, going for submissions and stuff like that, and and at the end you have also have Tam Nakano, who, I mean, she was just one of the best wrestlers last year. Uh, she was one of the the faces that really, really, like, decided to step up to the plate last year uh, after uh, Hanakimura's death and after. Uh, Arisa, the like she re retired, and and Nakano like really really stepped to the plate, and she had like an amazing like year last year, and so she's right now like still riding that wave. She's fantastic. Hair uh, and Julia just have a long, a long history together, and so this match was fantastic. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's this is the match that you should go out of your way to watch. Uh, and just appreciate appreciate the the selling of Sayaka and just the energy of the other three women. Uh, everyone brings something different. Like Julia was like Julia. Sometimes she tends to do like more comedy or not comedy, but like she tends to be like more happy go lucky. And she was just like a vicious motherfucker in this match. So boom, I love this match. It was super fun. After the match, um, we had. So like the, the finish of the match, um, spoilers, Julia submitted Sayaka 
when and after the match she wouldn't uh, release the submission and like straight up like it forced Nakano to just like start punching her to release her and like and so at the end Julia and Nakano kind of got like into an altercation face to face some trash talking and Nakano challenged Julia for the white title and said like let's have an explosive death match and I'm like holy shit what the fuck uh but before Julia could answer, Starlight Kid jumped in and took the microphone and respectfully asked for a shot for herself. And I'm guessing that it was also like potentially like because Julia wanted to annoy Nakano and and but Julia accepted for the match. Uh this match will be taking place I believe it's on the 14th and the 13th uh February shows. So we're still like far away from Budokan for sure. So uh, we still don't really know who Julia will be defending the title at Budokan. But I mean, there I, I mentioned it this like last week or, or two weeks ago. Tam Nakano versus Julia for the white title just feels like the right thing to do at Budokan. Uh, there's not many like credible at this point contenders for Julia other than Nakano. And if you're going to add an explosive, uh, I don't know if it's, I guess it's going to be an explosive bat. I can't imagine it's going to ropes, but an explosive bat deathmatch, that screams Budokan. I mean, <laughs> it's a one of a time uh, match for stardom. Just do it in Budokan. That feels like Budokan. But uh, I mean, for now, we know that it's going to be Julia versus Starlight Tokito uh, coming up. And that's that's the the, the post match angle. It you know it, it was a strong match with a strong angle at the end. And I don't know. We'll see where it all lands. I hope to be right and we get Julia versus Nakano at um at Brukan. Next up, we had the title defense of the Goddess of Stardom Championship, where Oedo Dai, B Priestley, and Konami defeated Dona del Mundo, uh, the team of Himepoi. Um, Oh, Natsuka, <laughs> uh, Himeka and Natsupoi. This this was also really, really fun. Um, it was really good, but I didn't feel like it was... Well, okay, so here was like... I had like two small problems with this, ma this match that just didn't made it, make it better be the previous one. before, uh, And it was that, uh, one, it was virtually the same uh, layout of the previous match where you had just a really, really vicious uh, segment of a baby face and pearl. And then you had the, the, the hot tag, then the tornado tag stuff. And at the end, it was a, a submission also. And so it really felt really similar. It felt like I had just seen this match, especially because it's also a team of Dona del Mundo. <laughs> and so it was just weird. It was just like the, I mean, and Julia had the, the control in the previous match, and now it was Konami and B. Priestley. And the other thing that I just felt like, I, I felt the disconnection is Natsupoi was an amazing babyface in Pearl. Uh, her selling is amazing. Uh, she's just a fantastic, fantastic wrestler. She's going to be a superstar, uh, believe me. But I thought that Himeka's uh, hot tag didn't live up to... Natsupoi's babyface and pearl run. And so it kind of felt like uh it could have like it could have been stronger, uh, but it wasn't. 
and but i mean no complaints it was still a fantastic match fantastic uh just you know great stuff the the stuff between konami and natsupoi is just like boom it's crisp it's fantastic uh you know konami is just a fantastic wrestler uh her submission and kicks are just like maybe like some of the best in the promotion for sure kicks and and natsupoi is like say like selling is great um the even when she's an offense the stuff she adds to the to her movement makes it seem so much better because she like she moves her arms in a way that makes like a stomp look like way bigger than it is or in the same way like it may be because she's like uh short and small but she runs way more in in the ring when she hits the ropes so that it makes it seem like she has more impact when she actually hits you and i don't know it's just like there's just oh man like it's so good to see her wrestle and you know just the acrobatics and the gymnastics and everything's fantastic and for that matter himeka and b Priestley are pretty decent wrestlers too uh especially when when they go together um they work okay because they're similar sizes uh they're like they're both pretty tall and so actually don't even know how tall they are but they're they're both about the same height and so they they work well together uh, they just tend to be slightly more slower because, again, because of the size, I guess. I don't know. Um, they, they they take longer strides inside the ring. And so it just tends to seem slower even if it's not. But, I mean, good stuff. Um, the finish of the match was Konami just pretty much destroying Natsu and, and submitting her. I, I didn't really see if it was a, a verbal submission or a tap out. Uh, because just like the pretzel that Natsupoi was on in it was just like hard to see if it was a red stoppage or an actual submission. But, uh, you know, I mean, pretty good. Like When I say that it wasn't as good as the previous one, I'm talking like a, a, a quarter of a star difference. <laughs> it's really meaningful. They're pretty much both uh, great, great matches. And we also had a small angle after the match. Well, it wasn't an angle. It was just... Um, Himeka, uh, like Stardom has this trope. I, I've seen it somewhere else, but Stardom for sure has this trope where if a tag team loses, then the person who doesn't get pinned tends to just pick another person to tag with and go again for the same titles. I always find this kind of weird. Um, <laughs> uh, like it's not like if matt jackson loses a tag match uh then nick jackson's gonna be like oh i'm gonna invite malachi jackson to tag team with me now like mm, it's kind of weird but that's what happened himeka said that uh or the tie pin natsupoi well submitted natsupoi but they didn't pin her and so she has a different partner for to challenge the titles and that is Micah. And so now it's going to be Himeka and Micah going for the titles against B. Priestley and Konami. I believe this is also taking place in one of the shows uh, during the 13th or the 14th. I don't actually have the cards for either show. Um, I don't know if they even released them already. They should have probably. But it's going to happen during that, that weekend for sure. Uh, because the the really cute poster is already out and that's where the you can see the graphic of them teaming uh you know going against each other and then we get to the main event that was the swa undisputed world women's championship match 
where the champion Suri um, defeated Momo Watanabe, the challenger. And this was also a fantastic match. Um, it wasn't my favorite of the night, uh, but it was about the same rating as the previous two matches. Uh, the the build up to this match had seen Suri like push Momo to bring like her angry side out, and so Momo like obliged. <laughs> and so the match was a lot of um, it was mostly based on kicks and submissions. And then as the the match progressed, it started to become like more slams and Germans, uh, that type of stuff. And at the end, uh, Suri won. Uh, she locked in a, a submission, and this, yeah, she she won via submission, and you know it was also like pretty pretty good. Uh, Suri's energy is just out of this world. She's she is like a hundred and ten, I don't know, like percent of energy out there. Uh, which is a really good compliment for Momo because Momo, when she's wrestling, she tends to be like all business, no fun. She's always like considerably serious. And so sometimes when when Momo fights someone with the same amount of serious, you get a fantastic work rate wrestled match. But it's not always like the funnest match to watch. And right now, wrestling Suri... We had both a great wrestled and fun match to watch. And I mean, that makes it so much better. Uh, after the, the match, Suri cut a promo. She put Momo over, just pretty much thanking her for the great match tonight. And Suri uh, announced her next challenger. Uh, and that is going to be the person who defeated her at the five star Grand Prix. And that is Asumi, the high speed champion. And so. Uh, this this match is also taking place during the same weekend. I I do believe that uh, I I don't know again. I don't know if exactly if they're gonna take it the same place. But Suri brought up that in the same shows, uh, Julia and Starlight Kid are going to be also wrestling, and so Suri uh, and Asumi agreed to have a better match than them. And I I. I actually think that Suri and Asumi are going to have a better match than Julia and Kido. Like, nothing against Julia and Kid, but Suri and Asumi are just so fucking good. <laughs> so, I, I, if I if I have to put my money, I put it on Suri and Asumi. And then they just close the show. Um, Suri cut, I mean, she said the, the goodbyes and the thank yous. And uh, introduced everyone like if it was LIJ. But, nope, this is Donna Del Mundo. And, and that was a show. It was a short show. It was a... Um, you know, easy to watch. The the first matches that were like not the strongest went by really fast, and once we got into attack matches, they were all super super entertaining. Um, just totally worth your time for sure. And they are, you know, as we said, they have shows on the thirteenth and the fourteenth, if I am not mistaken. Uh, let me see my calendar. Do, 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 do. Yeah, so the thirteenth we have. Uh, stardom and Korakan and then on the 14th we also have started stardom at Korakan Hall um, these are actually really packed weekends I'm I'm not gonna be able to preview a lot but we can run down everything that's happening for sure uh, and the other two shows that I was able to to get in um, this weekend uh, they're not really noteworthy shows but it's worth uh, going over them really really quick 
the first was, um, I guess, All Japan Pro Wrestling's presentation of the Giant Baba 23rd Memorial Show. This uh, is... This is a nostalgia show. Uh, there's obviously you don't watch this show because of the the work rate. Um, you watch it because you're gonna see like all the all the Japanese old timers and sometimes American old timers. Uh, you know, celebrate Giant Baba's life. Um, and because this is a an all Japan show or produced show, it is always interesting to see who is invited and who comes to the show. Uh, you know, like I think it was last year or two years. No, it was two years ago that we saw uh, Tanahashi and Kento Miyahara tag, you know. And so like things like that can happen in this show. It doesn't happen often um, in this show. The main event was Suwama, the Triple Crown champion, teaming up with Keiji Muto, the future <laughs> GAC champion, likely, uh, and Satoshi Kojima. From New Japan, so you th right there you have um, Suwama, All Japan, Keiji Muto, Noah right now, and Kojima, New Japan, and, and I mean just to, to see it uh, from a historic perspective, Muto hadn't been in an All Japan re uh, ring in about eight years, and Kojima like in eleven years. It's it's been a long time. Uh, I actually don't think Kojima has like the greatest relationship, at least with Suwama. Um, so, you know, there's, there's sometimes there's historic stuff here happening and they defeated a team of Masayuki Kono, Kas Hayashi and Hiroyoshi Tensan. Uh, Tensan was a late addition to the match. It was, it had been promoted as a mystery partner and ended up, ended up being Tensan. I'm guessing that they may have thought about someone else and they just, uh, landed on Tensan at the end. But, I mean, it, it was interesting to see Kojima versus Tensan for sure. Um, they they brought up the the fact that Tensan cannot do the chop anymore, the Mongolian chop. And so he stopped himself doing it several times. Um, Kashayashi looked fantastic. He's in really good shape and he was just like wrestling like really, really good. And for that matter, Muto, which I was uh, curious to see how he would move. Uh, Granted, this match is considerably slower because of the talent, but Muto looked okay. Uh, he, I think he has been getting ready for his big Noah title match, and so he looked okay in this match. At the end, um, we saw like a combo where Kojima hit Kono with the Lariat, then Suwama hit the backdrop, and at the end, Muto hit the Shining Wizard for the pin and for the win. Um... And that was it, pretty much. Uh, that was the main event. I kind of would have wanted to see Kojima in the other side to see Kojima versus Suwama, but I don't know. Like, because after the match, we saw Suwama uh, like try to make peace with Kojima. I don't really know the history between them. I cannot answer that question. Um, but I mean, knowing that it may have been awkward to just see them. <laughs> wrestle so it's just better to see them tag it's okay uh uh other notable matches from this show was the team of juma aoyagi and juji nagata versus minoru suzuki and hikaru sato and this was the my favorite match of the night it was like really the best match of the night uh suzuki and sato are just like a perfect combination for each other they're they're 
they're really similar in styles to a certain point. And for that matter, Aoyagi and Agata, they give me the same energy. Um, a same energy that like in any other universe, I would have completely seen Aoyagi being Nagata's protege. So it was just fun. Uh, we got to see uh, Suzuki. I mean, and Nagata obviously beat the shit out of each other, but we also got to see a little bit of um, Suzuki and Aoyagi. And that was interesting because Aoyagi wasn't like, he wasn't like gonna let himself just be like dominated by Suzuki. And so like when Suzuki goes, like when they had their striking battle, like he, he really, like he didn't try to, to just play weak against Suzuki. And a little bit of Nagata Sato, which was at uh, the end when Nagata finished off Sato with a brain buster and a drag, uh, the, the backdrop suplex for the win. Uh, but it was fun. I This was my favorite match of the night. Uh, we also had Bushi versus Atsuki Aoyagi. Uh, and this was good. Uh, Atsuki Aoyagi is still somewhat green, but he's already really good. And, you know, Bushi... Is not like may not be like the greatest wrestler in the world, but he can definitely uh, carry a a youngling, the youth, to a good match, and this was pretty good. Um, this was arguably the most action-packed match of the night, uh, the most fast-paced. It was just like two guys that perfectly can go. Uh, the they showed a full Stan Hansen Giant Baba match uh, from AJ, AJPW's. New Year Giant Series in 82. This was like, it, I mean, when I say a full match, I'm, I mean, like, it's like a four or five minute brawl <laughs> from back in the day. So it's not really that much. But then we had like Stan Hansen talking. Uh, he talked about Baba. And the other two matches of the night uh, were completely irrelevant. Uh, there were like definitely your nostalgia matches. We had Atsushi Onita, the great Kojika, Masanobu Fuji, and Shiro Koshinaka. Defeat the team of Takao, Omori, Tiger Mask, Arashi, and Suyoshi Kikushi. Um, uh, nothing match, you know. It's eight old guys just, just doing what they can. Uh, I don't know who the Tiger Mask in this match was. I made a note of that. They, they promoted... So, the graphic said Tiger Mask 2, but when they wrote it down... It said second generation Tiger Mask. Now, we all know that Tiger Mask 2 was Misawa. So we know it's not Misawa. Uh, so I wasn't exactly sure who it was. Second generation Tiger Mask. Um, like, at first I thought that it could have been... Uh, what's his face? Minowa. Because he has been working as, I think, Tiger Mask 5... Uh, he's 45 years old, so I don't know if it was him. Uh, but I don't know. It was just second generation Tiger Mask. I wasn't able to really pinpoint who it was. I think there's a Tiger Mask 8 right now somewhere out there. And so maybe him. I haven't really seen seen that Tiger Mask at all. So, but I mean, he looked he looked young, but, you know, adult. He wasn't like a, a youngling. Uh, so I'm not really sure who it was. If someone knows, please let me know. <laughs> I'm curious. And the opener of the show was Alejandro, Andy Wu, and Osamu Nishimura versus Jinsei Shinsaki, Mitsuya Nagai, and Tomoaki Honma. And this was okay. Jinsei Shinsaki looked fantastic. She He's still in great shape. He's still doing like 
all the, the the spots and on the other team you know andy Wu and alejandro are, are young and, and and can go it was pretty fun um the end of the match saw chinsaki pin alejandro with a power bomb and, and that was it this was a short match but it was okay and that was a giant baba uh, memorial show it like i said it wasn't really much of a show these are like nostalgia shows they're not connected to anything really uh it's just to celebrate baba uh but it's always i always find these shows like fun to watch just to see like the old timers uh you know once a year these shows i think are pretty fun to watch and, and that's it uh but yeah like don't don't like if you are if you like puroresu history go watch this show just to see the guys if you are just like you just want to see like uh, storylines or work rate uh, skip this show completely because you're not going to get either and you're just going to start complaining uh and the other show that i was able to watch this actually i got to watch uh right this morning um it was the ddt and chris brooks produced show number two the wrestle butokan dream and i i was able to get this show done this morning because it's only a three match show but let me tell you, this was a really, really, really fun show. <laughs> this was like really great if you think about it. <laughs> uh, the 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 opener was Chris Brooks and Miyu Yamashita uh, versus the DDT Sauna Club, the team of Chunma Katsumata and Yuki Ueno. Uh, this was just a great, great match. I I wouldn't really say that any of these guys are. I mean. Any of these wrestlers are heels, but they still managed to get a baby face in peril on Brooks, a baby face in peril on Katsumata. And then at the end, we still had Jamashita fight off both Katsumata and Weno by herself, which kind of counts as one, too. So it was like, uh, it was like they got a lot of time to do for this match. It was just like action all packed. Um, there was a slight story prior to the match where Weno kept saying that he was going to break uh, Jamashita's chin. And so part of the match was just uh, the Sauna Club working Jamashita, like, I guess, her chin, her head. But it was fun that the, the finish of the match saw Brooks, like, Jamashita hit the skull kick on Katsu. And then Brooks finished him off with the praying mantis slam. And it was just great. I really, really like this match. I, I gave it a four stars. Uh, just action-packed, to be honest. And and the story of this match was that in the first produce show by Chris Brooks, he wrestled Jamashita and Katsumata wrestled Drew Parker. And so he wanted to make this match a... I mean, not parejas increíbles, but it was going to be similar to like just involving those people. And so since he couldn't get Drew Parker for this show, he figured who is the best person to replace him uh, to tack with Katsumata. And obviously that is the his his friend in the DDT Sauna Club, Yuki Weno, which Brooks and Weno have a long history together. Uh, Weno took the title, the universal title from Brooks. So there's history there. Uh, there's, um, you know, they, they antagonize each other a lot. Uh, the second match of the night was... A robot versus hero false count anywhere match where Mecha Mummy burst, uh, fought off Hyper Misao. And this, like, uh, I mean, this was your usual DDT, like, chaotic thing where 
like it's all over the place. This is a robot versus a superhero. Uh, and once the superhero is getting her ass kicked by the robot, the superhero decides to transform and become a robot herself, mecha, puppy. Um, and then once uh, they become robots, they start to go back and forward, back and forward until the end. The finish was that both robots got water on each other. And so they both malfunctioned and turned off. And so we had a, a, a double knockout technically. So I gave this a dud in the sense that we didn't get like, I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I got the match that we should have gotten uh, because you know, it was somewhat short and, and like that, but I thought it was a fantastic, fantastic thing that they did. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I love Hyper Misao and I love that she does this type of matches. And Mecha Mami is just, I mean, I think at this point, Mecha Mami is just a legend in DDT wrestling. You know, he has, he's had so many matches with Minoru Suzuki uh, and the likes. He's, you know, it, it's just fantastic. Uh, so I really enjoyed this, this thing. <laughs> uh, and finally, the, the main event um, was Konosuke Takeshita versus Balianaki. Uh, Balianaki is this guy from Chocopro, from Gato Move, who. So I've seen over 30 Aki matches, uh, probably just last year alone. Uh, I've seen him live, actually. And it's, this was the first time that I've seen his, like, I've heard his entrance music. And that's because in Chocopro, you don't get that you don't usually get music. And so it was just really nice to see Aki, uh, you know, I mean, granted, it's not a big show, but he got to main event uh, a show for DDT. Um, the, the commentary sold it, like they perfectly explained uh, how Aki being mostly like a Chocopro wrestler was going to be problem for him because one, in Chocopro, he tends to be the bigger guy um, you know, the Choco Pro is mostly like a female promotion. And so the only person that usually tends to be bigger than him is Chris Brooks when he's there. And so here he was fighting against the much larger Takeshita. And so that was one thing that he was going to have to fight against. And also the, you know, the, the environment, uh, you know, Aki for Aki, for instance, it's really easy to to break a submission because the Choco Pro ring is considerably slow, small. I mean, we've seen Brooks pretty much extend himself from edge to edge of that ring. And and in this sense, Balianaki was, he was going to have to struggle way more if he wanted to broke break a submission. So little things like that, um, that the commentary explained was super, super great. Um, the match saw Aki have some, I mean, Takeshita beat up Aki early on and then Aki managed to make a small comeback and kind of like get some near falls. And at the end, Takeshita just killed him off. And and that was it. It was just, I mean, good wrestling. Uh, it's nice to see, like I said, Aki do stuff in the ring against a legitimate like top level contender as Takeshita because he brought out the best of Aki. Like Aki has to like bring his game and, and have a serious match. And, and that was it. That I think the, the explanation of this match that Brooks gave was that he just wanted to, to book Aki. 
and last time he wasn't able to and so he got to book him this time and he figured what's who's the first like the best person from ddt that he can put him against and he figured you know takeshita embodies ddt and so that's just the best uh the match to put up and so like again this is a super short show that you can watch like in a sitting while you're eating or something it's definitely recommended um you know it's just fun it was just fun stuff um you know chris brooks produced more shows i i (laughs) thumbs up i i i back this idea uh and that was the last uh show that i got to fully watch this weekend there were some shows that i watched like one match or two matches so i can't really like go over them that much but we do have like i said a lot of shows coming up like actually we're starting tomorrow (laughs) because uh by the time you listen to this podcast new japan pro wrestling's new beginning in hiroshima uh has will have already uh, happened uh the first night uh, there are two nights in hiroshima and to go really quick over the card for that show we got gabriel kid jota suji and yuja wemura uh the young lions versus suzuki gun the team of desperado minu suzuki and Yoshino kanemaru we have bushi versus master wato which has been building for poof, like it feels like months now but it's only been a month uh we have the team of Hiroki Goto, Kazuchika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii, and Toru Yuano, and Yoshihashi. So, technically, all of chaos. Versus Bullet Club, the team of El Fantasmo, Evil, Jay White, Taiji Ishimori, and Yuhiro Takahashi. Uh, that should be okay. Uh, there's some interesting pairings that could come from that. I mean, you know, I, I mean, they're obviously going to do Okada versus Evil and Ishii versus White. But, you know, like maybe some Jano versus Fantasmo. Maybe Okada versus Fantasmo. Uh, Goto versus White for sure. You know, Joshihashi versus White. Joshihashi versus White has uh, has been pretty decent. I mean, the stuff that White and the the gorillas have been doing with Goto, Joshihashi, and Ishii has been pretty fun. We have Kota Ibushi and Tomaki Homa versus Sanada and Tetsuya Naito in the last uh, build-up match for, for Sanada and Ibushi. Um, at this point, I don't know if actually if we're gonna, going to ever get Naito versus Honma. Uh, I hope not. But and then we have the two title matches. The first one being the Gorillas of Destiny, Tama Tonga and Tangaloa def- defending against the Dangerous Deckers, Taichi and Sack Saber. I do not expect the titles to change hands. It's too early, and I think we are going to be getting the Gorillas of Destiny in AW now that the forbidden door quote-unquote trademark has been opened um i just kind of feel like it's a matter of time before the american side of of the bullet club invades also uh that being the gorillas um obviously kenta uh maybe el fantasmo and chase you know, everyone that has been in, in, in New Japan Strong may eventually end up in, in AEW. So I don't expect them to, to lose the titles. And we also have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match between Kuromo Takahashi and Sho. And I also do not expect the titles to change. I am fully expecting to get Hiromu Takahashi and Ibushi at the anniversary show. Because that match just sounds fucking amazing. <laughs> 
Uh, that match could steal the year. Uh, Takahashi versus Ibushi. And then uh, on night two, on the 11th, uh, also from Hiroshima, we have Gabriel Kidd, Jota Sushi, and Juji Muemura versus Doki, Taichi, and Zack Saber. Uh, we have El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru versus El Fantasmo, Taiji Shimori, and Yuhiro Takahashi. And I think Suzuki versus Fantasmo is going to be quite a thing to watch. <laughs> um, that's a, that's going to be a, a weird mix. We have Master Wato, Cho, and Tomoaki Honma versus Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi, and Naito. And don't be surprised if in this match they try to build Wato versus Takahashi. Because I expect Wato is going to defeat Bushi the previous night. So don't be surprised if they try to build Wato versus Takahashi for uh, the castle shows. I am totally expecting that um, to happen here. We are going to have Kazuchika Okada and Toruyano versus Dick Togo and Evil. So, uh, you know, we're totally building Okada versus Evil for the castle too. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if the winner of Okada versus Evil challenges Ibushi. Uh, yeah. I need to check, check the calendar because... If I'm not mistaken, uh, like I expect Okada Evil at Castle, but then we would go right into the New Japan Cup. And I mean, right now I'm expecting Osprey to win the cup to get Ibushi versus Osprey uh, wrestling Don Taku and maybe build Okada Ibushi at Dominion. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think that I mean, that's my planning right now. Uh, we'll see how they proceed. Uh, and then we have the, the, the actual title matches. First, uh, we have the never open weight six man uh, Goto, Ishii and Yoshihashi defending against JY, Tamatonga and Tangaloa. This is the one title that I do expect to change. I I can totally see white. And the Gerolillas taking these titles. I mean, Goto, Ishii, and Yoshihashi haven't really done much with them in a while. So it doesn't really matter. But um, th this is the one title that I do expect to see change. And the other is the IWGP Heavyweight title. And in the Intercontinental title match, uh, Ibushi versus Anada. Again, I do not expect these titles to change. I think Ibushi is going to have... I wouldn't be surprised if Ibushi keeps the titles... Even past uh, the the G1, I, I can totally see Bushi going into the G1 as a champion and just dominating and losing at the end, uh, so that someone else can 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 take the 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 Grand Prix and challenge at Wrestle Kingdom next year. But those are the two shows that are happening uh, for New Japan, uh, except tomorrow. <laughs> uh, but in addition to that, we also have. Uh, let's see. Let me open my calendar. So on the 10th, we have, we have Seatling on the 10th. On the 11th, we have some Tokyo Joshi. We have, uh, like I said, uh, we have some Stardom. We have Big Japan, Dragon Gate, Action Girls. On the 12th, we have the big Noah show on Budokan. This is like a big, big deal. This is Go Shosaki versus Keiji Muto. I am expecting that title to change. Um, I hope not, but I'm expecting it to change. 
Uh, they also already announced that no one's going to be introducing a new logo to celebrate the Budokan, uh, you know, milestone. I kind of hate the idea because I, I currently love the Noah logo, but they seem to want to like make a big notice of this milestone of, of going back to, to Budokan because, you know, and we all know Noah has struggled a bit. Uh, so it's their big return. Uh, we have some got to move and this got to move is important because Hikarashida, the AW World Women's Champion, is in Japan right now. She's uh, going over the whole uh, Japanese side of the tournament. And so Hikarashida will be a got to move. I think the match. Uh, I know it's I know it's uh, best bros defending the titles against. Um, I know it's Emi Sakura, but I don't remember who she's going to team. I think she's teaming with with uh, Asuka or Benny. So that may be a, a pretty good match to, to watch. And, you know, Hikarashi is going to be there. And then on the 13th, we have uh, some Ice Driven, which has been, I mean, the, the show from the the 23rd was really, really good. I I didn't get to talk about it, but it was really, really good. Uh, we have Basara, we have Bishinoko Pro, we have K1, Dragon Gate. And that's it for the 13. On the 14th, we have, like I said, more stardom. We have some wave. We have 2AW. We have GDT. We have Dragon Gate and New Japan. So as you can see, it's it's a pretty pit-packed weekend. Uh, New Japan actually starts the road to Castle on on the 14th. And I think they're going to run shows every, uh, and maybe every day. Uh, they may skip like one or two days just to like move cities because I think they're they're going to uh, Iwate after Tokyo. But, you know, it's it's it, it's going to be a packed uh, week, uh, you know, tour for New Japan after uh, New Beginning. So, I don't know, but there's a lot of shows I'm going to try to pick up to see, obviously, to see which ones they upload <laughs> quickly to their uh, streaming services. Uh, Noah is the one that I really, really want to try to catch live. But if not, uh, yeah, because like Stardom for sure, it's going to be impossible to see like maybe until March. But for sure, I want to try to watch the Noah shows and obviously all of the New Japan stuff that's coming up. And without, you know, that's it for Japan for now. Uh, it's 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 been pretty packed. Uh, it's, there's just a lot of happening right now. But uh, let's not, again, let's not lose time. And yeah, you know it, you know it. Don't, let's not pretend. It's time for the Impact Traffic Report. Welcome everyone to Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling from February the 9th. We are, this is the, the go-home show for No Surrender taking place on Saturday. And so, uh, you know, it's the last time before that impact plus special it was i thought it was a really good show um we had a, a really strong opener a really strong uh i wouldn't say like like the main event match was really well wrestled but it had a shitty finish uh for a purpose it was an angle uh but we, we i don't know i thought it was a really decent show uh the show opened with Josh Alexander, Suicide, Willie Mack, and Trey Miguel defeating Sean Barry, Chris Babe, Christian Blake, and Ace Austin. So for No Surrender, uh, there was a, a triple threat revolver match announced, which is 
technically a three-way gauntlet match where you eliminate one person from the gauntlet and another one comes in. You know, pretty straightforward. Um, and so these are the eight men that will be entering that gauntlet. And so we, we just pretty much had a preview of it. Uh, it was your, you know, your usual, uh, everyone, everyone pairs up at this, uh, uh, during the match at the start. And then the heels cut off someone from the babyface team. In this case, it was Willie Mack. And then, you know, babyface Imperial, hot tag. And then everyone gets their shit in. <laughs> and we uh, go to the ending where, in this case, we saw we saw Trey Miguel lock in what it kind of, like, Striker called it an hourglass submission. I don't know if that's a, a legit uh, name because it was a submission that I just hadn't seen. It kind of started like a sharpshooter and then... He kind of like bent over and got an arm bar. Uh, but that's how Trey McGill won. Uh, so, I mean, to start off, it's good that he has, now has a submission also on his arsenal that he can use. But it was just like a fun match. The stuff with, obviously, Blake Christian was all over the place. Ace Austin looked great. Uh, Josh Alexander looked great. And Trey McGill looked great. The rest, Chris Bay looked great. But he didn't do, I didn't feel like he did much. But, uh, you know, like it was just like a good action pack opener. You know, a lot of action, the, the stuff that gets you excited. And this should be a really interesting match for, for Survivor, for No Surrender. Uh, the, this uh, triple threat revolver match. Uh, we headed to uh, the back. Well, we saw like a video. I, I guess it was in the back uh, where a lot of wrestlers are wishing Tommy Dreamer, you know, happy 50th birthday. Uh we saw one here with the Impact roster, and then we saw later on one with the AEW roster. Um, you know, it, it was kind of weird seeing this here and not on No Surrender, but I guess you don't want to waste No Surrender time on this. They're probably going to replay it anyway. Uh, we had Kimberly with Diana Parasso and Susan defeat ODB. ODB returned last week to join Jazz and Jordan Grace. Um, the match was, the match was okay, actually, uh, like, Kimberly made everything in her power to make ODB look good, and ODB looked pretty good, uh, like, the pace was slower, but, you know, Kimberly's really good to, to accommodate herself to either go fast or go slow, depending on who she's wrestling, and so it was good, uh, the, the, finish of this match saw Purasso and Susan you know interfere and so Jordan Grace and Jazz ran down to help and, and get rid of them and so a brawl broke out and in the brawl Kimberly got a small package on ODB and she won uh, and this led eventually to Susan complaining that you know of the chaos that was happening and so she decided to go and find Scott Demore to to get a, a six knockout match at no surrender being Lee Parasso and Susan versus ODB jazz and Jordan grace. And like pretty like nothing stuff. But the one thing that they did show here is that Parasso is starting to get annoyed by Susan, always getting them in trouble. And so that may be like the way out they used to, to just bring back Su young eventually. Um, we had some stuff in Swingers Paradise, which was meh. I think that it's just going to continue like the whole uh, comedy stuff with Falaba and looking for money with Hernandez and all that stuff. Um, you know, 
irrelevant stuff. <laughs> I mean, this is just your your bad comedy segment that they you do every week. Uh, but again, it's two two minutes. It doesn't really matter. Um, we had a big the big angle finally with cousin Jake and Byland by the sign, the team of Eric Young, Joe Doring, and Cody Diener. So cousin Jake came out and he was going to answer to Eric Young's invitation to join uh, Byland by the sign. Uh, cousin Jake was pretty much cutting a promo that he thought he he had everything you know pretty well settled with with his cousin and they were you know attacked him and everything and now everything had turned around and he teased joining um Byland by the sign by taking off his his camo vest and throwing it to the side but then as expected he's like you know and this is actually like a really really good part of his promo he's like um he's pretty much saying like i need to stand for something uh and you know that is jake something because that's his indie name and so he finally dropped the co the cousin jake name he's no longer i mean he's technically no longer a diener he's now finally cus uh jake something and that this is something that i have been waiting for ever since he debuted it on impact to for him to become uh you know just himself jake something to not be a, a diener uh gimmick and so this was really fun. Um, after he, after he revealed the the, the Jake something thing, he attacked. Uh, I mean, he attacked them all. So obviously, the numbers game was so much for him that he got his ass kicked. And right before they were going to pilmanize him, um, Diener stopped them and said, "Like, hey, uh, don't don't break his neck. Uh, let me get a match with him first. And so we are going to get Cody Diener versus Jake something at no surrender. So overall, I really like this angle. It was short. Um, you know, Jake something, even in defeat, he looked like a good baby face. Just, you know, like he's he's face to face with three uh, motherfuckers. One of them is Joe Doring. The other one is Eric Young. And he's still like, fuck it. I'm just going to take you on, you know, three on one. I don't give a fuck. So that, that's the stuff that I like from my baby faces. We got a great, great promo from Rohit, Raju, um, and Mahabali Shura. Uh, Rohit's pretty much saying that TJP, like when I was a champion, you were never able to beat me. And so you had to rely on your quote unquote monster manic. And so uh, I had I went and called in my old monster, Mahabali Shura. And so on, at no surrender, we're going to kick your ass. You know, straightforward. Good stuff. Rohit's an amazing promo. Uh, we got our, our weekly AW commercial with Tony Khan and, and Tony Shabani. Uh, in this one, the relevant stuff is that Tony Khan called himself the Forbidden Door. And he thanked Don Callis, Kenny Omega, and Impact because of them. He was able to understand to be open-minded and to try new things. And, you know, to allow himself to just do more. And so he had allowed, uh, you know, the New Japan people to come into AEW. And now he was getting way more ratings because of it. And so, you know, Tony Khan's gimmick on Impact is just so... <laughs> he's like so over the top, but he's, he's really good at playing it. Um, it 
this was actually one of her better his better like promos on impact uh and talking about promos we also have one from carl anderson and dog gallows uh they are going to main event main event tonight defending the titles against chris saban and james storm and so they pretty much said like hey you guys are great tag team guys uh you know america's most wanted um beer money the mercy machine guns and so you know you were all great but then the good brothers arrived at impact and now you're not and so we're gonna kick your ass it was okay uh we had nevea uh defeat kira hogan via dq last week we saw havoc defeat tasha steels and so now it was the turn for nevea to defeat kira hogan uh i mean these two teams we've seen feud for months now uh as of late they're they're feuding for the tag titles uh which uh, happened at hard to kill and so they're they're pretty much just building to the next tag title match and that's going to happen at no surrender the the match was really nothing the only thing that was like uh, that i find nice and appealing was the finish actually <laughs> uh because we saw like the usual trope of uh the the heel attacks the baby face behind the ref's uh back after the ref gets distracted with someone else except here like the ref actually was able to see uh steals attack nevea and so he dequeued hogan you know it sometimes we get like so many dqs or like just dirty finishes that a dq sometimes just feels nice <laughs> but um with this we we now have both Nevada and havoc having wins over hogan and steels respectively and so we are going to be getting that tag title match at uh no surrender and it's going to be a no dq match after scott demore uh announced it we had a Triple XL, this was actually, again, another great thing of the show. Uh, this was Triple XL, Daniel Dashwood and Caleb with a K came out to the ring and they're, they challenged DK to a match at No Surrender, but obviously as of this point, DK was only Crazy Steve and Rosemary. And so they're just pretty much talking trash. They're calling DK uh, Tooth Decay. They're just, you know, like they're saying that they're not going to be able to get a, a third member. And then uh caleb with a k decides to make an, a challenge to either crazy steve or rosemary you know to have a match there because caleb's not gonna be wrestling in that match at no surrender and rosemary and steve came out rosemary said that they indeed have find a third member for the team and she introduced black taurus uh triple ace black taurus and so let me tell you this is the best and only good use for black Taurus on an impact he's an amazing wrestler but you know what also jake something and hakeem same and joe doring and everyone is fantastic wrestlers that doesn't give it doesn't matter like doesn't give a fuck uh black Taurus is a guy that dresses like a fucking minotaur <laughs> uh so what's the best thing to do put him with the k with the with the undead realm freaks like this is the the one best thing that you can do with Taurus here like if you if you bring i don't know like i don't know, like drago or abaddon to to impact you don't want like for 
I mean, you put them in the fucking with Too Young and Rosemary. I mean, that's the thing to do. Like, you're not gonna bring Black Taurus in one. I mean, if you add him into X Division, he's just gonna be uh nothing. Look at the X Division match. I mean, at the the eight the eight scramble match. There's great talent, but we all know that from all of those eight guys, there's only like one or two that are important. That being like Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Trey Miguel. The rest, we all know they're just going to be there for filler. We know Mac and Daivari, they're just going to be bases. We know Blake is there just for spots. So why would you use Taurus in an exhibition? Tag teams. Right now, the tag teams are uh, in a feud between AW and Impact. There's no need to introduce anything else. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's being added to a tag team here. Um And I mean, Crazy Steve is an amazing wrestler. He's he's not amazing. He's great. He's good. Uh, he has been showing a lot more recently. And and the other option for him would be uh, the main event, which he doesn't belong at all. Like that that's at this point, it should just be Swan and Moose, and we already have like fucking Omega, like stalling things. There's no need to add a a guy that's only. I mean, if you add him in the main event, he would only be, you know, your guy for the Impact Plus special like Dreamer is today. So that would be worse use of Taurus. Like if you really want to showcase Taurus on Impact, this is how you use him. You put him in a tag title, in a tag match that is he's going to be the showcase of the match. Like they're not gonna bring Taurus to attack me match and then have Triple XL win or like showcase Crazy Steve. No, I mean Black Taurus is going to be the guy to watch in that match, and he's gonna be the guy like beating shit all over the place, and he's gonna be like that's how you're gonna make him special if you not if you put him any other place. So like. If if you on the internet are thinking right now, like oh man like impacts obviously misusing Taurus like you don't know shit motherfuckers <laughs> so shut the fuck up like uh after he came out he squashed Kayla with a K it was a perfect just the perfect squash like that was the best presentation for Black Taurus and and the look of the team just looks amazing they look like freaks like I love the look of the team. Uh, backstage, we have Myers, Brian Myers, and Hernandez talk about the tag team match that they're going to be having against Eddie Edwards and Matt Cardona on a No Surrender. And it was just pretty much like touching on the match. There's nothing here other than Myers is paying off Hernandez because Hernandez is uh, a higher gun in on Impact. So that was pretty much it, the way you, you touch on, on that match. Then we had the main event match of the night. This was the Impact Tag Team Champions, the Group Brothers, defending against Chris Saban and James Storm. And like I said, this I found this match to be like really good. It was well wrestled. There, you know, four great wrestlers. Uh, but because of the situation at No Surrender, they had to do like little changes. Uh, we know that No Surrender is going to be the Group Brothers versus Private Party for the titles. And so prior to To this match, we we've seen Private Party and Matt Hardy uh, say that they were going to interfere because they didn't want Saban and Storm not only like cutting in line but also getting the titles. And so 
what they did is that private party just straight up uh, broke up a pin in front of the referee, not to save uh, the group brothers, but to make sure that Saban and Storm would get DQ'd from the match. And, and that was the plan. Just get rid of Saban and Storm so they can have their, their match. And, and, and it ended up backfiring because backstage, Scott DeMore said like, hey, so you guys kind of crossed the line and now we need to figure out how to how to like avoid Saban and Storm interfering on Saturday. And the only way to really, really make them stop interfering is to add them to the match. And so now we're going to have a triple threat uh, tag team title match between the Good Brothers, Private Party, and the team of Saban and Storm. This, this is actually probably for the best. I Something tells me that the Good Brothers versus Private Party would have been like a bad match. Like not necessarily bad, but the Private Party does kind of require like a fast team. And I mean, Gallows and Anderson are not a fast team. They're not like high spots. And and so I think this is going to be a good combo because Storm can have a good match with the Good Brothers. Chris Saban can have a good match with Private Party. Uh, because just Storm and Saban are like so, they're so like well burst and everything that they can probably have good matches with either teams. And that's going to, I think that's going to actually help the match a lot. Um, so it, it sounded weird to me at first, but the more I, I thought about it, like it, I think it's going to help a lot actually. And to close off the show, we had the contract signing between Dreamer and Rich Swan for the Impact World title. This pretty much went down straightforward. Um, Swan, you know, he signed, he was happy. Dreamer cut a small promo saying like, hey, you know, like uh, I had a long career and I didn't actually get a lot of title shots, but when I did, I really, really, they, they meant a lot to me. And so this one means a lot to me. I will come at you. I know your weaknesses. I know your legs fucked up and I'm going to target it and I'm not going to hold back because I want that title. And then Moose interrupted saying that, you know, it's, pretty disrespectful he was pissed off that dreamer that swan had give given dreamer a title match when he was like when moose should be the next online and so uh the more scott the more like kind of like threatened to suspend moose if he interfered but moose was like dude, dude i'm not gonna interfere like i don't give a fuck who wins between these two guys but just know that whoever wins i'm i'm next and i'm gonna beat the shit out of you and I'm going to take the title and that is likely what's going to happen <laughs> uh, with Swan probably um, but then we just had like a quick finish uh, finishing promo by Dreamer saying like you know like like I I do a lot for the, the locker room and for the industry and if I win the title that's going to give me more power to do so so that is my motivation to to win on Saturday and you better believe that I'm taking this seriously. I'm going to, I'm not coming after you Swan. So a uh, dreamer was actually really, really good in this uh, segment. Uh, oh, I think everyone was a uh, moose was fantastic. Moose is a fucking like wrestling God right now. Wrestling machine. Uh, he, his promo was just like straight up gold. 
Dreamer looked good. Uh, I guess Swan was the one that looked kind of like meh. Uh, but, you know, the stuff between him and Moose is really good. I I'm still, like, way more interested in Moose versus Swan than whatever AW has to offer versus Impact. So, uh, I don't know. Like I feel like they managed to add a good amount of fire for Dreamer versus Swan. I mean, we still know that Dreamer has no chance at winning. But they still, I mean, managed to add a little bit of drama. And, you know, I can't complain <laughs> in that sense. It was a match that I was expecting nothing from. And they added something. So, I mean, that's that's good. That's definitely good. And so for No Surrender on Saturday that I will be covering uh, for Figure 4W Online live, if you want to drop by and say hello. Uh, the the full card is Ace Austin, Blake Christian, Chris, Chris Bay, Dave Ari, Josh Alexander, Suicide, Trey Miguel, Willie Mack in the Triple Threat Revolver match, Eddie Edwards and Matt Cardona versus Brian Myers and Hernandez, Kimberly, Susan, and Diona Parasso versus ODB, Jordan Grace, and Jazz, Triple XL and Tennille Dashwood versus the Team of Decay, Rosemary, Crazy Steve, and Black Taurus, Cody Diener versus Jake Something, um, Fire and Flava, that's Hogan and Steels versus Havoc and Aveav, in a Texas Tornado no DQ match for the Impact Knockouts Tag Titles, TJP defends the Impact X Division title against Rohi Raju, the Group Brothers versus Private Party uh, versus James Storm and Chris Saban for the Impact Tag Titles, and Rich Swan and Tommy Dreamer for the Impact World Title, and that is your full card. It's, I mean, it looks like a pretty solid show. All, all titles on the line, so you know you couldn't ask for more. And and that's it for Impact this week. And you know, like I said, a pretty decent show. Uh, it's some big some big things happening. Uh, I was especially a big fan of Taurus and Jake something. Uh, you know, breaking in. Or breaking out. <laughs> uh, but that is going to be it for this week of WRPX. Uh, it was a, it was already a packed show. And I think we're headed into a, a couple of packed weeks coming up. But um, go to Spotify or iTunes to find this podcast. Leave a like, leave a review, a subscription or whatever you can. Uh, everything helps. Share the podcast to your friends and to your enemies. So we can all, you know, rage together. You can go to dwrevolution.com if if you are one of those that thought that Black Taurus on Impact sucks, then come at me. Let's talk about it. And if you need more space than 144 characters to make your argument, you can go to dwrestlingrevolution.com uh, where you can find the discussion board and open a topic and tell us why Taurus on Impact is bad. <laughs> uh, so... You know, without further ado, that is it for this week. I hope you had a good, good wrestling weekend and, you know, get ready for the next one. See you after Ibushi defeats Sonata for the title. Adios, my friends. Well, that's about it. Son of a gun, we've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it, but we'll be right back again. For Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying bye-bye, everybody.